I did that yoga for about mm, two weeks. I mean, you know as well as anybody, you stretch those muscles like you need to stretch them, your body's gonna feel great. Yeah, and that's that's what I got. I got a little home yoga DVD to uh, you <laughs> I'm know. good, I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> I figured I'd do something to kind of help them groins out, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd look around, make sure nobody was coming into my house before, <laughs> I, before I started doing it, so. <laughs> Make sure you hit that subscribe button, catch up on all the old episodes, and check out the latest. You're going to like it. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. My next guest is somebody that I got to watch this year um, on the PBR team season because I was behind the shoots doing some uh, sideline reporting, which was my first time. But getting to see this guy compete um, at that level, but also going through some stuff with injuries and then coming back strong. It, it was sure fun to watch. And not only that, he ended up on top with the Texas Rattlers as the world champions. Cody Jesus, thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you for ha having me, Luke. It means a lot. <clears throat> you know, and we were conversing back and forth through social media, which I'm glad we have that these days. But, um, you know, when, before t uh, season team season started, I got to go down to Lambert's Ranch and you guys were there as a team, kind of got together and, uh, I just got to, I guess, be a motivational speaker, as weird as that sounds. Uh, man, like when that season started, you were having injuries and trying to, you know, get back to to the best you could be. Uh, talk us through that, because I've experienced it. I've been there. And you get to a point in your career where you just you keep driving, trying to be the best you can. But at the same time, you're also hurting yourself in a sense. Oh, yeah. When I went to Lambert's, there was a. Uh... You know, I didn't even make the world finals. I don't even think I stayed on the bull all year long, but uh, it was hard because nagging injuries kept coming back. And it seemed like the harder I tried, the, the more I got hurt. And it didn't seem like my bull riding career was in the last too long the way I was riding. So <laughs> it was, it's been, it's been tough. And, uh, you know, that day at Lambert's is kind of when I got it turned around, I went home and I mean, things started working out, things started clicking in the right direction. So it's, it was very good to have you there. Well, and you talked, I mean, and I've been there. I've lived it, man. When you're struggling, even with Cowboys, those nagging injuries, we we push through them. We drive through them by practicing and we overdo it. And I remember that day you said you kept getting on bull after bull after bull. Well, in reality, all you were doing was making yourself sore and, and hurting yourself. And I, what, I, what I learned and I tried to share with you guys is, Make that first one the one that counts. That's the one that when you get on at the rodeo or at the bull riding, you don't get a mulligan. You don't get a practice bull. That's the one that has to count. And did you feel like you implemented that into your into your practicing? Oh, I have. Um, I was a guy who got on like 22 bulls, you know what I mean? And it seemed like I wanted every bull, every bull I got on to feel perfect and feel good. And if it didn't, it just drained my confidence. So, uh like I would always fall off my first one and be looking forward to the next one. I always thought I had another bull to get on. So it was, it was okay to fall off. But when you made, when you told me to make that first one count, it, it sure made a difference just in my practice and in, in my ride. And I made, started making every bull count, every practice bull count. So it's, it's been a big help. 
Well, and, and I used a lot of that. Like I said, when I, when we were younger, it wasn't a big deal. We just go get on and, and you, you didn't think about the longevity of your career or the shortevity, I should say, because obviously in bull riding and it's, it's just not something you can go on forever. So taking care of your body and, and using those. And I know for me, in fact, my oldest son's starting to steer wrestle now. And I try to implement that to him. Okay, let's work on two things in a practice session. No matter how practice goes, if we accomplish those two things, it's a win. I think in any sport, and especially in bull riding, is something you you really need to focus on. Yeah, I, I like to, you know, I like to practice just on, you know, winning Where, wherever I'm at. That's what I really got to, to figuring out. I was always looking for you know, some secret to bull riding that would help me ride every single bull, but it's just, you know, trying hard and, and just winning every jump. And that's what I've been working on. And I'm so excited, you know, to see what my future holds now, now that I, I got, got that from you. Well, when you, well, when you say that, you, when you say winning like that, it, it reminds me of Lambert because I got to stay at Cody's place, him and Leanne, when, when I was still rodeoing and he would always say when we were leaving, he said, Hey, one thing you don't want to forget. And we're like, well, what, what's that? He's like to win. It's that simple. When you leave the house, you go to win and having him as a coach. And I know the faith that he had in you, you know, that's got to help a guy's confidence tremendously. Oh, it, it does. Like Lambert called me and checked on me every day, pretty much. And just to see how my, how my injuries were going and you know, he always told me that no matter when, when I was ready to come back, I didn't need to get on no practice pools. I was just ready to win. So it, you know, it helped, it helped me thinking I need to get on, you know, 30 practice pools before I went back to the, to the team. But Lambert said, whenever you're ready, you come back and, you know, you just can't forget to win and you'll do your job. So. The question that was asked by a viewer, is that a purple heart hanging from the picture behind me? I will answer it later in the show, so stay tuned. Well, that's exactly what it seemed like you did when you came back. I mean, um, getting to watch you return. And and there was like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I know you went to Cheyenne. And then that's kind of where that, grow, was it your groin, right? Your groin? Yeah. It, it kind of popped again and, and soared you up pretty good. And then you took, I mean, how many weeks off? Were you six weeks off? Man, it was something, I think it was like a month. Yeah, a little over a month, almost two. And Kansas City, like I felt it in Cheyenne. It was sore and everything. And I thought, you know, I'd work out this week and uh, try to get it to feel better and do a little bit of rehab. But I, I guess I overdid it. My muscles just went to Kansas City sore and tired and you know, I kind of had the flu and just seemed like nothing was going right that weekend. And, you know, I get on my first bull and I just, I feel it the very first jump. And usually with my groins, I feel it the first jump when it happens. And I, I want it off so bad. I get up and, man, I, I, I figured there goes my team series. You know, that there's nothing else I could do. I probably only stayed on one bull all year and that's about all I'm going to stay on. So I, it was, it was pretty hard. Well, I know groin injuries in, in Western sports, obviously riding horses or bulls or whatever, it's common. I uh, I pulled my groin really bad at, in, at the timed events in Guthrie one year. And somebody told me, hey, you need to start doing yoga. And I'm looking around like, I am definitely not going to no yoga class in yoga pants with a bunch of other <laughs> probably women in this class. So I did. I did yoga. I went and bought a DVD, a home yoga course. And this is 
true story. I did that yoga for about mm, two weeks and my whole body felt amazing after doing that, those classes. Now I wouldn't do it in, in public obviously, but, um, I mean, you know, as well as anybody, you stretch those muscles like you need to stretch them. Your body's going to feel great. Yeah. And that's, that's what I got. I got a little home D- yoga DVD. To, uh, you <laughs> I'm, know. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd do something to <clears throat> kind of help them groins out. But, uh, you know, I'd, I'd look around, make sure nobody was coming into my house before, <laughs> I, before I started doing it. So, I mean, but it helped a bunch. Like I, I, I still like it. And that's kind of what I did a little bit, you know, while I was working, I kind of put that into my workouts again and man, my groins feel good. Well, and, and I mean, obviously it showed um, there, especially the last part of the season and then um, winning that championship. I mean, that had to be such a sweet feeling, not for just your team, but for you, because anytime you come from an injury like that, where it's just nagging and keeps bugging you, but then at the end of the season, you're able to, you're able to perform to help your team win that championship. I mean, that's got to be one of the sweetest feelings ever. Oh, yeah. It went from, you know, being, I was asking myself the night before we won that team championship, I, um, is it going to be me the reason why we don't win? And, you know, I thought about it long and hard, and I, I made up my mind that it wasn't going to be me. Like, I was going to do everything I could to help my team win. And Michael, I was stretching that night and it just, you know, something, something was just good. I knew we were going to win it. And I mean, I'm, I'm glad I, I did my part to help my team win. You know, to, to go in your locker room, which you talked about, you got a guy like Joe Al, 39 year old, the youngest 39 year old ever, um, just dominated, won the MVP for the, the events, three Brady's trace red yourself, you know, it, you guys, there's, the thing you focus on is going to do your job. There's no hype. There's no ego. And that's what I loved about the Texas Rattlers. Oh yeah. It's been, it's been really fun. Like, uh, I was never a guy to really get hyped anyways and, you know, listen to loud music. So when I, when I found the Texas Rattlers and they got me, it was felt like I was at home. You got Joao who's just, you know, so focused on doing his job. It really made me step up as a bull rider. And I think made, made the whole team step up as bull riders. So it's been really cool to see, you know, just everybody step up their game. Well, I mean, for me, it was, I enjoyed obviously because I, your two coaches are two dear friends of mine getting to know you guys. I enjoyed going into your locker room because it was, it was just laid back fun. You guys are just, you know, it's not, it's not high stress. It's not loud music, which and nothing against the locker rooms that wanted to do it that way, but that was just more my set setting. And I remember in our production meetings, uh, some of the other team were like that locker room's so boring. They don't do anything. They just sit around and, and stare at the walls. And I'm like, Oh, that's just how they focus. And that's how I was. I didn't get hyped. I didn't get amped, you know, uh, Blair loud music and everybody to their own, you know, each of their own, how they prepare for an event. But um, that's what was fun about you guys. You just laid back. The question that was asked by a viewer, is that a purple heart hanging from the picture behind me? No, it is not. It is a world championship medal that they gave us uh, from 2004 uh, when I won my first gold buckle. And that was a a gift that they'd given to us um, as well. There's uh, something was always said about the Rattlers that Cody said. I want the most boring team because they ride their bulls. They go back to the locker room. 
they pick their stuff up and we leave. There's no, you know, there's no extra excitement and the boring team dominated this year. Yeah. And that's, that's how it's been my whole career, you know, just show up and do my job and leave. I mean, so when I found the Rattlers, it was really easy to fit in over there. I mean, but they think it's all, they think the locker room's just all born and all, but we got, we got Dan to keep us entertained. So it's, <laughs> it's good to have him. That's who I forgot to mention. Old Dan Key. How could I forget Dan? Oh man. I don't, <laughs> I ain't too sure, but it's hard to forget Dan. Oh, Dan, he's a class act, man. He he is funny. What, what is it you guys say when I say a number, you, you say one. Yeah, that's that. And that Dan made that deal up, didn't he? Yeah, we're just sitting around. I, it was probably his third event, maybe with the Rattlers. And he said, and everybody kind of didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. And, <laughs> you know, every weekend he kept saying it and it just caught on. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what's cool about Dan. He gets us all hyped and ready to go. Uh, that's motivation right there. And he dang sure does that. And then he just goes ahead and, and I know Dan had been struggling that whole month and the the question going into the last round and, you know, why are you putting Dan keeping on last man to go on that bull? Uh, he'd struggled for a month and Lambert's like, listen, we put our faith in him and he went ahead and did it. And that's kind of Dan's one of Dan's key things. You put him in a high pressure situation. He's going to step up to the plate. Oh, for sure. He's done it for us, you know, two seasons now. And he, he hasn't failed this yet. And I mean, if he gets bucked off, you know, that bull just got pretty dang lucky. So I mean, Dan rides so good that, you know, nothing in the world could buck him off. Well, I know um, you were going to circuit rodeos and qualifying for the, um, the turquoise circuit finals, trying to get a spot there. Did you, in, I know you end up qualifying. Are you winning the circuit? Or did uh, you, yeah. you guys already had your circuit finals? No, we didn't. It's this weekend. It's Friday and Saturday. Okay. So yeah. Um, this summer I wanted to stay, you know, I was riding bad. So I figured maybe I go, go to some circuit rodeos with my girlfriend and, you know, and just see what it's all about. And I had this, put my hat back on. I had this bull just freaking knock me out about seven seconds. It's like, man, I can't get a, I can't get a bull road for nothing, nowhere. And I called Lambert and Lambert just talked to me. And that's when we went down to your place and um, Lambert's place. And you talked to me a little bit there and I go to, to Prescott and take third over there. I go to Windrock, my hometown. And I went about 8,000, the only man to stay on. And oh, you nice. know, that jumped, yeah, that jumped me way ahead in the circuit. And then I told Lambert, I think, I, I think I might just go for the circuit and he told me that's not a bad idea. You go, you go to the NFR Open. You could, you could win some money there. So I've been doing the circuit rodeos a little bit when I was rehabbing, and I mean that didn't go any way I thought it would go. Like I couldn't stay on nothing over there either. Was though? Do you find? And this is always a question, and me coming from the rodeo side of it, um, the bulls at the PBR are completely different than the bulls at the rodeos you know, their ranker, their, you know, whatever at the PBR. I mean, you live it, you experience, what are your thoughts on them? I think the bulls at the PBR, you know, they, they just find the best 40, 50 bulls every, every single week. And then they'll bring them, they'll bring them there where that ground is, is a little more springy and they can get off of it a little more. But, uh, I mean, pro rodeos, you'll see, you'll see some of the big time bulls at a PBR at a pro rodeo, but 
it's, I think it's not as often, you know, and PBR, you see him every single week and, and just, you're getting on four bucking bulls like right. that, that they handpick out for the very best guys. And I think there's really no difference, but I mean, I don't know. I just, I just well, ride bulls. Yeah, you just go and get on them. But what a lot of people don't understand, like you said, the PBR goes out and tries to get 40 of the best bulls, where when you go to a rodeo, there's one or two contractors that bring their whole herd. So you might have a cool whip with, you know, just some younger bulls that are just, you know, maybe a little, I guess, nicer. I don't know how nice a bucking bull, but not as rank, I guess you could say. Um so there's probably a more, it's spread. The, the bull score would be spread out more at the rodeo than it would be at the PBR where you have, you generally have anywhere from 42 to 45 bull score. Yeah. Like I, I guess that's what it is. Um, like Prescott, for example, you know, there's, there are some buckers over there. I saw maybe a handful of them and I, I didn't know what I had drawn, but I get on them anywhere thinking, you know, this is like a PBR. He's probably going to really buck and, everything and he just goes out and just a little spinner for me and you know gets gets my whole riding career turned around and I mean right that's kind of what I needed and that's kind of what I what I went to a pro rodeo for is looking for that just that to stay on and hear yeah hear a whistle or you know be able to stay on something so time for some more rodeo trivia what does the term bulldogging stand for to hear the answer you're gonna have to stay tuned keep watching the show because I will answer it a little bit later And that one ride, like you said, that Prescott, that one ride could tr turn a guy's year around. You get that one confidence builder and then you just, it's a stepping stone all the way to the top. And that's what I feel like we've seen with you this year. Oh yeah. And it's like every bull this year, every bull I stayed on was, was more of a confidence builder. Like, you know, I do know what I'm doing. I can't trust in my ability to ride. I can put the things I learned from Lambert's house and learned from you and really become a better bull rider. I thought, you know, I plateaued out and, you know, kind of slacked off and it really showed in my riding. But now that I know I can only get better, it's just it feels like I'm only going to get better from here on out. Well, speaking of getting better, I was reading some stuff up on you and at a young age, you know, on Navajo Nation there in Window Rock, you grew up wanting to be a bull rider. You did things that, uh, you know, exercises, strength training, things that just kind of were outside of the box. But one thing I did, you'd get on the same bull. You had one bull and you get on him every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Um, my mom bought this little bull for me when I, you know, when I wanted to practice bull. And uh, he's maybe 400 bucks at the time when when bulls were pretty cheap. So. Uh, <laughs> And that's kind of all we had money for. But I mean, this bull would give me his all every time. He didn't buck very hard, but he taught me how to ride. And I mean, he really, he really took care of me. And, uh, you know, I could, it, it was one I could hang off to the side and learn how to get back in the middle on, or, you know, just you could do whatever you want. You put a dog in front of him, he'd probably spin maybe two, three rounds and then, you know, he'd quit. But I'd load him up. And that's a time I had to, you know, I had to rope them and drag them into my bucking shoe. Like I didn't, I didn't have an alleyway or nothing. So really? I, I, yeah, me and my older brother, we had to rope them every time and, you know, drag them in there and I'd get on them maybe four times a day, every single day for as long as I can remember. So, you know, that bull, that bull helped me up a bunch. And I mean, 
it taught me how to ride bulls a lot better than I knew how. What'd you call him? What was his name? I called him Risky Business. Ah, nice. Was he you know, so? Was he a bucking bull when your mom bought him, or was he just a sail barn bull? He was. I guess he was just a sail barn bull. Like he was just, you know, an old brindle. Like <laughs> didn't re- didn't really look like a bull, and he was kind of mean. But I mean, after we got on him about two weeks and two weeks straight, he kind of mellowed out, and you could you could pet on him. You could you know, just ride him around like a stationary barrel, like just sit on him, let him walk around. That bull was pretty broke. Like I put a lot of kids on him, put my oh, sister really? on him. Yeah. Like he was just a cool bull to have he after a while. Yeah. He, he turned into a pet pretty quick and <laughs> it didn't take us very long. How how long did you have him? I mean, is you still got him? Is he out pasture or do you not? No, not I, uh, I, uh, I traded him one, this old contractor, he lives up the road from me and, uh, he had a, a bull I want a lot of money on and, you know, I'd win and he was, he was getting ready to sell him and take him to the sale bar and I didn't have no money. So I told him, let me, let me trade you this bull. You can go ahead and take this bull to the sale bar. And that's where he came from anyway. So, <laughs> and let me, let me take that bull. I want, I want a lot on, let me just practice on him. And he was cool. He would just blow up one or two in the air and then just, around left and i mean i had fun with that bull too so so risky business got traded for one you'd want a lot of money on at the rodeos yeah it, it was kind of a bad deal like i, I still regret it to this day like I, you know whenever i'm having trouble i wish i could get a bull like that i can sit on and just ride around in the pin for a little bit so when you were younger did you ever ride bareback and just kind of get balance help stretch your groins and stuff like that yeah, there was uh my mom bought me a horse like from a flea market and uh he was he was a little wild and um so my stepdad he would uh lock up lock the saddles and stuff because he didn't want me riding that horse. So I, I learned how to train a horse bareback <laughs> and I got to riding him around bareback and he would buck a little bit here and there, little curl hops, you know. So I think when I when I started bull riding, like I kind of already had a a little balance for balance. the middle, a little feel for the middle. So like I, I grew up riding horses around bareback all the time. So it's been, it's been real cool. What was some of your other regiments, you know, workout regiment and stuff training, bull riding training when you were younger? Um, shoot. I ran a lot like cross country wise. I ran a lot and I still do run a lot. Like not as much as I did when I was young, but like every Every Sunday, my mom would take me for a 13, 14 mile run. Oh my God. You know, what? Yeah, just a little slow jog, like <laughs> just <laughs> up in the mountains where your heart rate a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it, I didn't think it was like I didn't really like it, but I was, I was good at it and it was easy for me. So, like, I didn't mind it a little bit. And um, that's about it. Like, when I first started bull riding, it was just riding a lot of horses bareback and and running a bunch. But I guess maybe a week after I wanted to ride bulls, I set up a little barrel between two trees and I rode that <laughs> about six hours a day, every single day. That was the thing, man. I could remember when I was a kid, some of my buddies, you know, they'd have the barrel set up with the ropes and one guy on each side jerking each rope and kind of getting it going all over the place. Yeah. And I, you know, I I didn't think that was a great idea, but 
I mean, once everybody started bucking me around and they couldn't buck, buck me off of it, I noticed my, my riding got a whole lot better. But when I first got on it, the barrel just rolled so much that, you know, I couldn't stay on it for nothing. Oh, yeah. It took me about a week to just learn how to ride in that thing, and it helped a bunch. The old barrel roll, that's where that term comes from. Yeah. <laughs> or belly roll, barrel, whatever roll. Oh, man. Yeah, those are, I can remember as a kid seeing those barrels hung up there. And then they got a little bit fancier, and then we got bucking machines and, and all that. Yeah, and that's what, like, if I really have trouble in my riding, I, I'll go set one of those up again. It don't take me but 10 <laughs> minutes to find two trees and set one of those up and learn how to ride again. So, Oh, man. So PBR, that was your dream. PBR, uh, PBR world champion, uh, still have a great shot for that. Obviously you got this team's championship, which, you know, they're talking like, this is the future of the PBR UTB starting up. You feeling good getting ready to head to those. Oh yeah. I'm feeling really good. I, you know, I wanted to, to leave Vegas and come home and get back to work, but, uh, I had to stay there a little longer, which I didn't mind as guess it was a little vacation, but you know, I got to work yesterday again and I mean, my body feels good. I feel like my mindset's in the right place. And, you know, I feel, really feel like I can win one this year before it was, I knew I could win one, but my, you know, them negative thoughts, like you said, they grow so quick and it yeah. just, you know, it takes you on a downhill spiral. And I mean, this year, I think I know how to control that and I'm a lot more mature in my bull riding. So I can't wait for it. Well, controlling is the key. And I mean, it sounds like you are, you're on the right path. How many events I know, like I seen Cooper Davis, he's not going to the UTBs. He's just going to, he's going to do comedy and work for the television crew, but then go back to the teams, you know, guys make that decision, whatever seems to fit them, make them want to what they want to do. But for you, how many events, UTB events are there before the finals? I think there's like 20. I didn't really look at them all, but I think usually there's 20 in the year. And I mean, every year I've missed like half the events just due to injuries. So I think this year, if I have a full shot at all 20 of them or however many there is, I think I'd have a legitimate shot at winning a world title. Well, there's no doubt about that. And then was it 22 that you ended up second um, for the world finals? Yeah, that was in 2022. Yeah. And um, you took, and I seen that you took that, which again, you take that and invest it back into bull riding and helping the youth. I thought was, that was badass, man. Taking that back and, you know, building arena, having places for kids to come and try to get better. Oh yeah. It's always been like that. Like ever since I was 17 and I won around the res, like I, I went and bought a bucking bull and it wasn't just like, a really ranked bucking bull. It was just something nice kids could get on. And, you know, for a while there, I had about 40 something bucking bulls for kids to come get on. And when I won the world finals, I figured it was time I, I upgraded everything. Everything was just kind of welded and panels, you know, and I found this, uh, the two WW bucking shoots and the whole back pins and everything online. And I went to, went and bought a full size arena and just everything started happening when I wanted to do it and went and got a roping shoe. Nice. And it's, it's just been really cool. So like I, I figured, you know, whoever wants to get good, they can come get good here without people making fun of them and putting them down. You know, if they got like a little $500 horse, they could ride it here or, 
you know, they don't got the equipment, we could help them get it. And I got the bucket machines and everything. So it's, it's been really fun to see some kids come over and step up their game a bunch. Well, that's awesome. And I, and like, again, reading this stuff, you were and what you said, you got them bulls that they can get better on, you know, and I've, I've experienced it in my career, seeing guys that, Hey, I want to come steer wrestle. I want to learn how to do it. Well, when they do that, they just run in the crap for them because they don't want them ruining the good cattle, which I think it should be the opposite. Give them the good cattle and let them get better. So they know how to make everything, make the bad ones good. Uh, and that's what it seems like you're doing with these kids. You're giving them opportunities on good bulls that they're able to learn on or steers or whatever, because you want to have that confidence built at a young age. Oh yeah. And that's, that's how it's been like, uh, these kids, they've, they've ruined a lot of good bulls that I had, you know, just decent little spinners that they can learn on, but the, them bulls did their job that the kids right. got to learn something on them. And when they do get ruined, they go down for a smaller level kid who's, you know, yeah. so that them, they, they'll start off really good. And then the bulls will get weaker and weaker and they'll just make their way down for smaller kids to come learn on. So I, I have use for every kind of bull around here. Always and, have a purpose. Yes, sir. So it's been, it's been really cool. I give all them kids, the good ones, you know, and I only keep about three or four really ranked bulls for me and the rest that they can have at it. And now you got, you said a full arena. So you got rope and steers and, and all that too then, huh? Yeah, we got some breakaway calves. Um, I had a, I had some rope and steers, but I ended up selling them and, uh, I had one jump out of my, jump out of my arena and I'm in just darted. So I, <laughs> I haven't seen that one ever since. You haven't seen him yet or since? No, we, uh, <laughs> my little brother wanted to rope one and I was like, well, yeah, go warm up your horse and just bring that steer down and. And we just got this deer. I mean, and it looked really healthy and it went and jumped that six foot panel and, and it was gone. We tried to chase it. I think it ran about four miles nonstop and it got to the trees and there's nothing we could do about it after that. So I, I haven't seen that, that for open steer since I need to go give him some more. <laughs> oh, those steers. You sound like you need to put a flank on him. See how high that sucker would buck with somebody. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, like, because it was really healthy and, and big. So I was like, man, maybe we could put some kids on it, but I don't want to really buck. So I guess we'll rope it and, you know, kind of burn it out a little bit and then we'll see if we can put a kid on it. But we didn't even get to do that. Oh, man. Well, I'm sure he's out there somewhere. Maybe. I don't know where the heck he'd be. Uh, man, the support from, from the Navajo nation, it seems to always be huge for you, you know, especially you go to, uh, Glendale for the Ridge Riders days, but even at the finals in Fort Worth, man, you guys have such a strong following, which is pretty awesome. Oh yeah. The Navajo nation. I mean, that's, you know, it's the biggest tribe in the U S and I mean, I'm, I'm just glad to be a part of it. I mean, they, they support me everywhere I go. Like when we won that team championship, my phone was blowing up and, you know, I'm, I'm still getting back to some of them people right you now through Instagram and Facebook and all that. And just, you know, they've been a big, big help towards me. And, you know, they supported me since, you know, I was 17 and made my first big appearance somewhere. And now they, they're still sticking behind me. So that's really cool. Well, and I think, you know, with you and, all the the native cowboys but the western sports rodeo bull riding 
they the na- the nation has been huge and and I loved everything about going to Window Rock, seeing the support every time. And that's just for the pro rodeo. I imagine any other event, you know, they they come to it too. But outside of there to the national finals, PBR finals, they are a huge fan base and a huge supporter of not just you, but the Western way of life. Oh yeah, and that's they they love any kind of rodeo, you know what I mean? And they were I remember growing up, you, there was this little bull riding I first went to in the middle of nowhere. And they call it Second Canyon. And that's where I first got on my first bull. But I mean, that place was jam packed for a small arena in the middle of nowhere on a Thursday night. It was packed. And that's how I knew like everybody loved rodeo and going to Navajo Nation fairs and uh, the PRCA rodeos. They, there's not a seat you could find around there. So that's, it's yeah. really cool to see that, you know. And it doesn't rodeo. matter. I, yeah, I've been to Window Rock when it was, I don't know how much water was in the arena, but it was raining and there, I don't still think there was an empty seat in the stands. Oh yeah, it it don't matter, you know, whether it's hot, cold and just rained out, they'll they'll stay to watch a good rodeo as long as, you know, whoever's riding or roping will stay to perform. So that's, that's it. Cool. That, that's awesome. So we're going to go back to bull riding a little bit. We're going to the UTBs. Are you going to go? Obviously, you're going to be on the teams, uh, Texas Rattlers. Uh, that's a no-brainer. But are you going to try to go to some more pro rodeos um, and try to make the national finals? I mean, is that a goal of yours to to make the national finals and win a gold buckle in the PRCA? Oh, yeah. that's That was one of my first, first goals. And, you know, then uh, when I started riding, I turned on the versus channel and saw the PBR and, you know, I saw JB Mooney and then my, my focus kind of shifted to that's where I wanted to be. But, you know, I always liked rodeo. There's just, just the, all the events, watching all the events and leading up to the bull riding that I, that I really like. So, um, if I, if I get this turquoise circuit one this weekend, you know, that'll, that'll help me, you know, try to make the national finals next year. And I mean, put me in a pretty good spot. Well, yeah, because the the circuit finals money counts towards the world standings. Um, I don't think it doesn't it won't be a buy into Houston. But I mean, I guess that doesn't really matter. You get that money one. And I don't know what a guy could win eight, ten thousand circuit finals. Uh, that's a pretty good jump start for the winter rodeos. And if you're able to go to some of those bigger winter rodeos and ding them there, it's a, it's a hell of a kickstart. And then the NFR open in in what is that? July, I guess. Yeah. And that's, that was my plan. You know, just the circuit finals and the NFR open and then all the rodeos in between that I could probably hit during when I'm not at a UTB. And I think that'll be a good way to keep my riding, you know, sharpened up and keep my mind focused on winning and, you know, see where, see where it all lays out. All right. A guy like Josh Frost, he does, he pretty much does it all. He's on the teams. Does he go to as many UTBs or does he focus more at the pro rodeos? I think he focuses more on the pro rodeos. Um, I don't really see him a whole lot through the UTBs, but I think he qualifies through the uh, velocity finals. And that's right. Yeah. So that's, that's how he does it. And, but, uh, you know, my UTB winning, winning the, PBR finals is probably my, my, my main goal and winning, winning a world title there is probably my main goal. And if, you know, we, we make the NFR next year, that's, that's a plus one and it's even better. There you go. Well, these goals are awesome, man. And looking forward to, uh, 
to watching you accomplish them. I mean, you already got one world championship with the PBR teams. <laughs> it was funny. We were talking about, you know, the Texas Rattlers. And then you talk about the Carolina Cowboys and the Austin Gamblers. There was a lot of talk about Carolina got these draft picks with Sage and Josh and all that, that that's the team to beat. Well, they didn't even make it through the first round. I mean, that was, that was, that was huge. And then the Austin was the big talk and you guys, you guys just went ahead and proved them all wrong. And that's what I love. They're like, who's your team? I'm like, well, it's the Rattlers for a lot of reasons, but because you guys have discounted them so much and gave these other teams some credit. So congratulations on that championship there. A uh, couple more questions before I let you go. Who do you think is going to win the gold buckle this year at the national finals? Um, Stetson Wright. For the bull riding, Stetson Wright. He's just... So good, but I, you know, you can't leave out Kai Hamilton. They're just, I mean, they travel together and they're, they feed off each other. It's just, you know, it's, it's going to be good watches for sure. That will be fun to watch those two. Well, I had him on the show and Stetson's pretty hard on Kai, but I think he gives it back to him. He didn't on the show, but uh, it was fun to see how they do feed off each other, even just in the conversation that we had with them. Um, but yeah, you're right. Stetson, I think that guy can go at any level and win. Kai's about the same and, and nothing against those other bull riders, but man, those guys are sticky. What do you see with Sage coming back? Because I know he was injured, end up making the finals because he'd hang a leg over the bull. Do you think he's going to be ready to go and give him a run for the money? Oh, yeah. That, um, Sage has been my my favorite ever since I first started riding, you know, like JB was my, my PBR guy I looked up to and Sage was, you know, the PRCA guy I looked up to. So I can't ever count out Sage. I think he's, he's, can, he can come back from anything and I think he'll be ready. Do you play pro fantasy rodeo? No, I don't. I, All right. Yeah. Well. I hardly know how to work my own phone. So. <laughs> I was going to say, if you did, he would be a pretty reasonable pick because he came in a little bit lower this year than we're used to. All right, next question. Up and comers. Who who's the young guns going to the next level? Like just anywhere or here on the rest? In, anywhere. Uh I think I think John Krimber hot guy. I mean he's he's something else for sure. You know, he's had every like his dad has been in the PBR. He's he's friends with Laramie and Jose. Like I think he's got all the tools to go and be world champion. And, there's a, there's a little kid here on the res, you know, he's, he works really, really hard. And he, I think he's 16 now, I believe his name's uh little Jaden Harrison. And, uh, this kid has so much time and he will not let go. He will, he'll, he'll make him stomp him loose before he, he gets out of there. And I think, you know, that, that kid's going to make it somewhere. So I think those are my two picks. Well, that's, that's awesome. So you said he doesn't let go and they'll have to stomp him off. That's something that Lambert preaches. I don't want you landing on your feet. You better have your hand in the rope when your head hits the ground type deal. That sounds like that kid would fit perfect on that team. Oh yeah, for sure. Like Lambert, it's like, he says, if you land on your feet, you put more, more effort into your get off than actually trying to ride. So, <laughs> you know, that says something about that little kid right there. You know, we talked about Lambert, but what about Cade Swore on the back of the bucket shoot? And a lot, there's a lot of questions on why do you have a tie down roper as your assistant coach? What do you feel he brings to the team um, as a non bull rider? Oh, I think that the mental side of it that he brings to learn the knowing how to win and knowing how to get out of a slump. And, you know, it's just really cool to have him. And that's the first thing I thought too when, 
they said he was my assistant coach. Like, why why a tie down roper? You know, we're, we're in bull riding, but I mean, the more I got to know Cade, the more he's helped me, and you know, the more he's helped this team. And he always tells us not to forget to win. And you know, I mean, it showed out this year that you know he brings a good mental side to the game. Well, that's funny that when they asked me to be part of the broadcast team, there was that question, why are you bringing a steer wrestler in to talk about bull riding? Well, fortunately for me, that wasn't my job. I didn't really have to talk about the ins and outs of bull riding, but more the aspect as a team coming together and the ability to win or how to get out of those slumps and, you know, just ask those questions and talk to it. And I'd honestly felt like a fish out of the water the first couple uh, events I went to, but, uh, man, it, it was fun. Hopefully you get to come back next year. Um, it, it was a good time. So Cody, thank you for joining us. Oh, one more thing. You just recently got engaged, didn't you? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Congratulations on that. I seen that you. on Instagram and that was right after you won your championship, man. Talk about a week. And how did your fiance do at the, um, INFR? Uh, she roped her first two there. She was pretty long on them too. And then, uh, she missed her third one and then came back in the short go. And I think ended up fourth in the round. I'm not too sure what she placed in the average, but you know, it was, it could have been a little better, but I mean, she got to do what she loves. So that's all that matters. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, again, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, best of luck in the future. Uh, obviously, you know, as well as anybody, your future's as bright as you want to make it. So Good luck to you, yes, Cody. Sir. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Luke. You bet, buddy. Talk to you soon. If I don't know the answer to this one, I should not have a show. Um, bulldogging is also steer wrestling, which is the event I competed in. It is where the rider on the left, the steer wrestler, bails off his horse onto the steer's side slides his feet on the ground, and then wrestles the steer to his side. All four legs facing the same direction, stops the time, fast time wins. Now the person on the other side that helps him is called the Hazer.